Jamie, uh, I've got all the work he's in. They're rearranging the HQ at non-Euclidean as it is to I wonder why accommodate all the, is- all the guests that are coming for episode 100. Obviously, uh, some of them are interdimensional and... I mean, you know, of course, we have to accommodate course. those people. But you got you got to have the interdimensional ones. I mean, I did wonder why the the amount of mugs had suddenly just like quadrupled. Usually, it's just R two, but actually, it was it's more than eight. Uh, it's several hundred. I didn't realize there, we had that workforce. There's now an infinity of mugs in this room here, and uh, yeah, just what? in case we need them. An infinity of mugs. Are they all yeah. the same? Because that's going to get confusing. No, they're all slightly different. Okay, because I mean, I was worried it was going to be like when the Normans invaded England in 1066. I mean, however many Normans you've got, that is a confusing register. It, that's true. That's a lot of Normans. But yeah, we're we're getting everything uh, sorted out for bringing back some of the old crew and our special guest, of course. And uh, yeah, hopefully everything is going to go fine. But for now, we really need to get on with the news because there's quite a lot of it. I'm Jamie Adams. And I'm Ian McAllister, and this is Brainwaves episode 98, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of the 16th of May, 2022. It's a gamma drama ding-dong, convention COVID communications catastrophe, and Asmodee announces accessibility arm. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. On May the 4th, Rodney Smith from Watch It Played brought to the attention of the Twitter sphere that John Del Arroz had been hired by Jeff Bergen and that both were now Game Manufacturers Association members. You may remember we covered the controversy surrounding Jeff Bergen back a few episodes ago and his association with the gaming goat. Rodney shared a screenshot from the Gamma member group on Facebook that was later deleted by a moderator. In the screenshot, Rodney was replying to John Del Arros introducing himself on the group by pointing towards two videos on John's channel. In one of those, John is critical of DC Comics characters coming out as gay or pansexual, and another is titled The Top 5 Hottest Board Game Reviewers. John Del Arros is a controversial figure having been banned from Twitter for hate speech. A recent tweet under another account that is attributed to him celebrates the potential return of Elon Musk to Twitter and buying the company. He is replying to another user who says, Let's all please remember that hate speech is not free speech. It comes with a cost to real lives. Let's make kindness our default setting. The account that's attributed to John, which has in its headline Comicsgate creator JDA, says... No thanks, a world without hate speech is a world without fun. Elon will let us say the N-word again. Comicsgate is a similar movement to Gamergate, where a right-leaning segment of the comic community rail against any sort of progressive ideas in the medium, like characters being gay, for instance. There has been much shared about this individual's behaviour, and we will provide a link to a page that documents a lot of it in the show notes. Suffice to say that he has a history of harassment and trolling behaviour. Gamma did respond on Twitter later that day and said that John Del Arroz had been temporarily suspended for violating its code of conduct. On May the 5th, Gamma's Twitter account disappeared from Twitter. It has now returned and there are posts from the 10th of May onwards. John Del Arroz's new account we mentioned above has also been suspended from Twitter. At this time, we don't know why Gamma temporarily suspended their Twitter account. We have recently talked to Frank West for an on-stage that will be going out a week after this cast, Monday the 23rd of May. Frank is currently the publisher-director for Gamma, having secured the post in April. 
You can listen to what he had to say on the situation on that cast, but I'll try and summarize it best I can just now. Frank broke down the structure of Gamma for us. Basically, there are folks running the day-to-day of the organization who are paid employees of Gamma. And there is the board that is a separate entity that is a voluntary organization, including members like Frank. The board don't do much in terms of the day-to-day running of Gamma, but recognize that a mistake has been made in this instance and are working on a response. Due to the nature of the organization, it's a non-profit. They can't just unilaterally change bylaws that govern how Gamma operates. We will be seeing a response from them soon on the matter of John Della Rose's membership of Gamma and likely changes to how Gamma functions in the future. I do urge you to listen to our chat with Frank when it goes out as he explains the situation pretty well. Now, this is obviously not the sort of person that Gamma really wants to accept into their membership. Uh, an organization like Gamma really should have the hotspot to point out bad actors in the community and act as defenders of the tabletop community rather than just letting anyone in. I hope that Gamma will at least release a statement fairly soon about exactly what's going to happen in the future with members like this and their membership procedures. Hopefully that will clarify exactly what's going to happen with John Delaroz and future membership. Jamie, talking about big organizations. UK Games Expo is on the horizon, taking place at the Birmingham NEC this year from June the 2nd to June the 5th. Now, the expo went ahead last year and there were some issues surrounding its communication uh, regarding its COVID policy. First, you needed masks and proof of vaccination. Then you didn't. Then you did. It was a wee bit of a mess. But this year... They're going for two for two in terms of absolutely mucking up the COVID communications. Tim Burrell Sowart had been asking Games Expo via Twitter what their COVID policy was for several days going, at Games Expo, what's your COVID policy? After several days of no response, he was contacted privately by the UK Games Expo Twitter account that directed him to contact the directors. Tim did this and asked what the COVID policy was and why the delay in responding. All the following has been shared on Twitter by Tim. Tony Hyams, one of the directors for the show, responded. And I'm going to read out from the most relevant part of that email. It started by saying that Twitter wasn't the best way to get a response directly and that there were other routes for companies attending to address concerns. He went on to say, Public health safety in the UK is handled by a layered set of authorities based on data for the UK. Government, Public Health England, local councils, Solihull Council in our case, and then at the event, the NEC Group, and finally, UKGE. We primarily follow this advice as they are the professionals and have the latest data. At present, the advice for all major events is that it is safe to proceed without any additional COVID precautions. Infection rates are falling quite rapidly, and serious illness and deaths have been greatly reduced by the high vaccine take-up. Tim responds to this email by first saying that social media is now an established route to engage with companies, and then goes on to say the following in one paragraph. Thanks for clarifying how UK policy is set. My wife is head of biosafety at one of the major London universities, so I'm already well-versed in how this works. I'm also aware that government policy around COVID comms has shifted, meaning that the pandemic, for it very much still is a pandemic, is no longer getting the attention that many health professionals deem it should. With the people in charge pretending that the pandemic is over, it comes down to us to keep each other safe. Or perhaps not, if ticket sales are your priority. Tony responds by saying, Hi Tim, 
Having decided to insult me by saying I prefer money over safety, this conversation has ended. Michael Fox, who he recently interviewed, got involved stating his own concerns about the lack of statement from UK Games Expo. In a thread on Twitter, Michael reported on a conversation he had with Tony Hyams, in which the following was mentioned. A health and safety policy for the event will be released the week this podcast goes out. There will be no sanitation stations throughout the halls, but they will be present in the NEC areas outside the halls. Exhibitors can enforce their own policy with masks in their own booths, and Games Expo staff will assist with enforcing mask policy when requested. Now... I mean, yeah. We, okay, straight up, we should not be having to report on this. Well, we should, because this is what we we, have to do. No, no, it it is a news story now. Firstly, I personally think shouting into the void on Twitter is a bad way to get any company to respond. I would personally always go for a private email first, and then if they didn't respond, then you can shame them on social media. Absolutely. I think Tim has handled this pretty badly. However, Expo should have put out a statement by now. Whatever it is, long before now. There's no way the advice they are going to get from the local council will change between the start of May and the start of June. There's there's just no way that's changing. They should have had a statement in place months ago. Expo can do what it likes in terms of it's hiring a place to put on an event and it can put on its own policies about who it lets into that event. It should be at the very least supportive of people choosing to wear masks and be clear that the harassment of individuals who choose to do so will not be tolerated. Games Expo has basically turned this into a story that we are reporting on, and the NME, for goodness sake, are reporting on, by being intransigent and not putting out a statement. This We wouldn't be reporting on this if they'd put out a statement months ago. It would just All we'd have said was like, oh, by the way, you might want to check out the COVID policy for Games Expo if you're going. Instead, it's this. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they've done it two years in a row. It's, it's beyond belief. It really is. I don't understand. All I'll say is I agree with Tony that I don't believe Twitter is the best way to get attention of people uh, if you have a complaint. However, I also agree with Tim that social media is now a much more established line to companies yeah with that being said going what's your plan 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 it's not going to help no i mean there's fault on both sides here and expo should have nipped this in the bud months ago i i honestly don't understand what they're thinking so we'll probably come back to this at some point stay tuned everybody Ian, I believe you have news from our corporate overlords, Asmodee. I'll hail them. On May the 10th, Asmodee announced Access Plus, a new studio that will be adapting Asmodee's tiles for players with cognitive disabilities. Did you know that Asmodee has a research division? Because I didn't. And they do. And for the last few years, they've been looking at the societal impact board games can have. Mikhail Laboris, head of Asmodee Research, said... Now we're ready to put that research into practice with Access Plus, creating games that not only are fun to play, but provide real, tested benefits to those with special needs, starting with cognitive impairment. Access Plus will start with three tiles, Dobble, or Spot It to you folks in the US, Timeline, and Cortex. 
Each game will include features like easier to hold cards, adapted rules, difficulty options, and a single player version to promote patient autonomy. Sounds fantastic. I'm all yeah. for in, uh, inclusion in tabletop games. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic move by Asmodee. We've talked before about accessibility in games, and it's great to see a big company making these kinds of moves. I hope that'll encourage other board game companies to look at how they design their own games, because there are loads of simple accessibility features that publishers can add to their games, like testing for colorblindness, that are still not the norm for every publisher, and it really, really should be by this point. So yeah, I hope that this will start a bigger discussion on accessibility for board games. Fantastic. There are groups doing great accessibility teardowns of board games, such as Meeple Like Us, you know, going through it for blindness test, for colorblindness test, for a host of others, which is wonderful and I think should be more something that is considered at the beginning rather than post-release. Anyway, let's get away from the slightly ranty headlines and on to some news. Back in episode 85, we reported that workers at Paizo Publishing, publishers of Pathfinder and Starfinder, were forming a union. Those efforts have now reached the office of the president, as Alex Speedle, one of the lead organisers from the United Paizo Workers, met with President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Secretary of Labour Marty Walsh in the Oval Office. Also present were members of Titmouse Productions, the company behind Legends of Vox Machina, which is the Critical Role animated series. Also, Chris Smalls, the president of Amazon Labour Union. Smalls has testified at a Senate Budget Committee on Amazon's practices. And I think it's great to see such efforts getting a high-profile group together. And we hope, sincerely hope, this leads to more game company employees forming unions and those companies recognising them and not pursuing aggressive union-busting tactics. Talking about unions, last episode we reported on the efforts by employees at one of the biggest Magic the Gathering card resellers to form a union. That company is called Card Kingdom. This has now gone from a message of intent to a formal request to recognise the union. In a letter on May the 10th, the union wrote, We, the undersigned members of the Card Kingdom Union, are excited to write today to inform you that we have organised a union. We ask that you voluntarily recognise our union as we have achieved majority support on union cards. We will be represented in this endeavour by UFCW 3000, that's the United Food and Commercial Workers International Union. They've asked for a formal response from the management at Card Kingdom by the 16th, so hopefully we'll bring you an update to that situation for the next cast. Jamie, a little awards update. Yes, the Homburg is going on. On the last podcast, we had a peek at the nominate. Thank you. On the last podcast, we had a peek at the nominations for the Golden Geek Awards, the website Board Game Geeks annual trophy handout. We said on the last cast that the nominations would close on the first of May, and the winners would be announced soon after. How soon? The second of May, the day the last podcast came out. It's a fairly diverse range of winners this year, I got to say, with no single game dominating, although there were a couple of like doubler winners almost. Notable for us, or for Ian definitely, was Oath from Later Games, winning Most Innovative Game of the Year, but also coming runner-up in Best Artwork Presentation, uh, Heavy Game of the Year, 
and thematic game. I mean, Carl, Carl Ferran's artwork is just fantastic. Oh, Carl Ferran's artwork is, is superb. I'm not going to... Every, every time Ferran. I see it, I just... I'm just loving it. Also, Five Games for Doomsday was a runner-up in the best podcast category, which was won by Board Game Barrage. Well done to Board Game Barrage. Another notable winner was Ark Nova, the much-vaunted game, and something that I've seen touted somewhere as a wingspan killer. I mean, (laughs) you ain't going to do much to topple that cultural juggernaut, let me tell you. You just had to use cultural juggernaut. Of course I did. Of course I did. It's wingspan. Um... Ark Nova won Heavy Game of the Year. Interesting that initially was only really available at Essen last year. Essen, I mean that at Essen Spiel, the, the convention, not just in the town of Essen. I mean, admittedly, as far as I can tell, a great deal of stock was basically stuck off. I think it was the American coast for several months due to port issues. Yeah, it's, it's weird to me, that one. I mean, why not just put it in for 2022? It was barely available until very recently. It's only in the last couple of months it's really grab the hotness on the on board game geek but it's grabbed it and boy howdy is it going oh no absolutely but it's just weird to me that like we basically heard nothing about arc nova last year at all and it's only in the last few months it's become like the board game du jour it's weird to me that ge- the bgg has given it an award for 2021 and not this year instead do you want to know what position at time of recording that arc nova is sitting on the board game geek listing Tell me. I, I genuinely don't know. Okay, I'm going to let you like, take a guess, and I'll give you 15 either way. In, in the full ranking of all board games ever? In the full ranking of all board games ever, as voted on by the members of BoardGameGeek.com. 30. 30. What did I say I'd give you? 10 or 15 either 50, way? 50, 15 either way. Okay, then you just get it. It is number 15. That puts it currently, according to Board Game Geek, better than such games including Brass Lancashire, Original Brass, uh, Wingspan, Culture Juggernaut, Root. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I'm looking. I'm very quickly looking at games here. Ones better that I know that Root. we're both. Like. <laughs> uh, I know this is this <laughs> is this is bold. Uh, Mountains of Madness, The Crew, Winner at Power Grid. I mean, I quite enjoyed Power Grid. I've uh, played Power Grid. Azul. Oof. I know. I'd... Love Azul. Anyway. Sorry, yeah, so um, well done to all the winners, because, yeah, got to keep that award train rolling, baby. Absolutely, otherwise we have nothing to report on. No, I have nothing to report on, and this hat is just an empty metaphor that is a, actually a non-existing hat. What? One of these days I have to get you an actual Homburg. D- don't. I, as I said, I don't, I could look it up, but I don't want to. I don't know what a Homburg is. I only used it, the, the words Homburg, because I really enjoyed how the character Julius Nicholson said it in an episode of The Thick of It. We've reported many times on the generous nature of the tabletop community, especially when it comes to raising money for charitable causes. We're sure that you're aware of a recently leaked Supreme Court document signalling the intention of that institution to overturn the famous Roe v. Wade ruling, which has long protected access to abortions and related medical services in the United States. Many are anticipating this happening soon and are starting to ramp up their support for reproductive rights and funding for organisations that protect and provide them. A group of tabletop designers called the Hydra Collective have organised a bundle on drive through RPG, with a value as of time of recording of $581.99, which you can get for the top price of only $25. The bundle contains a wide range of games, including the bully pulpit games Starcrossed, which uses a Jenga tower to act out tragic tales of love and loss. That game won a Diana Jones Award in 2019. 
Sales will be fully donated to the National Network of Abortion Funds. This is an organization that helps independent funds across the states so they can help people in their individual regions. As you can probably expect, I think we're both of the mind that curtailing abortion rights is, well, calling it abhorrent is probably an understatement. (laughs) It's the end of safe abortions. Yeah, you won't get rid of abortions, you get rid of safe abortions. And this is an absolutely uh, draconian move by the government. Absolutely. By the government, by the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean... This was the fear of a lot of people when the Supreme Court went to majority Republican, and it seems to be coming true. I'd also like to point out to those who claim to be pro-life in their defense of being anti-abortion, I hope those people are also pro-child benefits, pro-education, pro-basically helping people out raise the kid that you have forced on them. Because if you aren't, you are not pro-life. You are just pro-ideology. And that is, quite frankly, disgusting. On the 27th of April, in Kissimmee, Florida, more than a dozen police cars were called to a target where four men, described as wearing masks and hoodies, were alleged to have stolen a pizza and several packs of Pokemon cards. The Audi they were driving was described as having obscured or fake license plates. Deputy Cole Miller, who wrote an affidavit on this subject, said... While on the phone with me, a Target employee confirmed the two suspects exited the store without paying for a pizza and multiple packs of Pokemon cards. Target desires prosecution for the theft. I later reviewed the video surveillance which confirmed the two suspects selected an empty Target shopping bag, multiple packs of Pokemon cards and a pizza, all which were concealed and not paid for by the suspects. Contact was attempted with the black Audi by multiple units after circling the parking lot and being occupied by others. A takedown was attempted, which resulted in an officer-involved shooting. The upshot of that is, is one man died, three were injured, and two were charged with petty theft. Due to a Florida law that, in part, shields police involved in fatal shootings from having their identities made public, the sheriff's deputies responsible won't be named, but are described as being in good health by Osceola County Sheriff Marcus Lopez. I believe my deputies are justified in all their actions. I have the utmost 200% trust in everything they do based on their training and their experience. Things escalate. This is the real world. Pride Across the Multiverse, a celebration of the LGBT... A celebration of the LGBTQIA2 plus community's relentless creativity is a new secret layer drop for Magic the Gathering from King of Tokyo designer Richard Garfield. According to the according to publisher Wizards of the Coast, 50% of proceeds from the secret layer will be donated to the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention hotline for young LGBTQ people. However, countries including Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Argentina, Indonesia, and Singapore have had articles about this set blocked. Some of these countries have very strict LGBTQ plus laws. In response to this, Wizards of the Coast published an article called On Magic Story and Regionally Blocked Stories. Our creative philosophy for telling our stories is in short. We will tell the stories we want to tell, featuring the characters and relationships that best serve the story and our audience. Our focus will be crafting engaging and relatable stories. These stories will have diverse casts of characters with varied experiences, challenges and adventures. 
The article continues. We will not change these stories to accommodate local markets. One of the challenges of being a global community is that some regions prohibit subject matter we think is valuable to our storytelling. Unfortunately, this means that some of our content will not be available in those markets. Whilst we do not agree with these laws, we are required to follow them. We must also consider the welfare of community members in impacted locations. It's great to see a company like Wizards of the Coast putting out a set like this that's extremely positive towards LGBTQ plus community. It's extremely saddening to see that that is not available worldwide. And I can only hope that more cultural moves like this will eventually change people's minds and change government's minds as to allowing this kind of content into their countries. Because why wouldn't you? It's shocking and saddening to see that it's prevented still in some areas of the world. We'd just like to take a moment now to give a shout out to our patrons, especially James Naylor from Naylor Games, behind the Magnate game, which we will eventually review. Sorry, James, we'll get around to it eventually. Ian's going to get around to it. Don't worry, James, if you're going to have an issue, it's Ian McAllister. Uh, he's at the Giant Brain on Twitter. No, he's not IH McAllister, but he is the Giant Brain. You know who he is. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll see you at the convention and we can have a word. <laughs> and uh, Sean, Get him. Get him, James. Sean Newman from the Game A Lot team, thank you so much for being our executive producers and thank you so much to the rest of our patrons for giving whatever you can each month. It really helps us support the cast and put out our website. You'll notice I've recently been overhauling the website and one of the reasons i could do that is the fantastic support from our patrons that allowed us to upgrade the site to a business account on wordpress and put in some new plugins and make the site a bit more manageable thank you so so much for allowing us to do that really really appreciate it if you'd like to join our patrons you get uh, access to an extended version of the regular brainwaves cast with some behind honestly it's basically the same except maybe there might be an extra new story and there's more of me messing up and, I mess up a lot. And me messing up, let's face it. It's not just Jamie, it's me as well. But just sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, bloopers, that kind of thing. It's an extended cast. It's a little bit more wacky, I guess. And we also put out a regular monthly article called Forward Thinking that only our patrons see, which talks a little bit about what Jamie and I have been up to behind the scenes, what we're gaming ourselves, and also what you can expect to see from the site in the next month or so. Uh, if you'd like to support there's loads of other ways to support us on the site including you can get lovely metallic dice from metallic dice games using the promo code roll with brains all one word capital letters the links to that on our website under the support us part of the page and you can also get fantastic t-shirts from sir meeple we'll put links to both those in the show notes jamie while i've been talking you've been whipping up something in the kitchen oh yes oh yes uh that wasn't the banana milkshake although that was quite nice I want a banana milkshake, though. Go get a banana milkshake, Ian. I'm not going to stop you. Fridge does a nice one. I'm not sponsored by Fridge. I'd like the banana milkshakes. Or just get some bananas, some cream, some ice cream, some milk, and maybe a touch of vanilla essence. I think maybe a tiny no, touch of lemon juice as well. No, It'd be lovely. If any milkshakes would like to support the cast, we're happy to take your advertising money. I mean, I am slightly, you know, get itchy if I have too much dairy, but, you know, don't worry about that. I'd uh, Banana milkshakes are great. Anyway, Catan, Ian... We all know it. Some of us love it. Some of us only played it for the first time like a year or two ago and thought it was all right. Anyway, but we've talked a lot about Catan actually over the podcast. We've had Catan plushies announced, Catan beer that then was unofficial, but then we got official Catan beer, Catan furniture and houseware items. What could be next? Well, well, Asmodee has announced a deal with Ulysses Press to publish a cookbook. A cookbook! 
Awesome. But it's not just Catan. Oh, no. Rail Rumble Revolution Ticket to Ride will also be getting a cookbook in summer of 2023. The Catan cookbook is scheduled for the early 2023 release, and the books will, I quote here from the press release, take players on eating expeditions never before experienced with original recipes and full colour photos. Now, my first thought is, what are they going to do that based on? Because... Ticket to Ride, I kind of get. You know, it's there's so many Ticket to Ride maps. Yeah, it could be like just basically World Cookbook, which would be interesting. You know, maybe reference different Ticket to Ride versions. Settlers of Catan, however, I'm a bit less sure of. On the one hand, it's overly colonialist theme or setting is uh, is 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 problematic. Let's not lie here; it is problematic. But also, there's been a lot of intellectual properties that have used the Catan branding, such as Game of Thrones and Star Trek. Are we going to get Romulan Ale? Gach? Uh, Beer with lemon in it? That's the reason that uh, the Lord Commander of the Wall still has his own teeth? Uh, Or are we going to go straight Catan and get things like pasta with lamb in it? I don't know. Any idea? I can't think of a good pun food for Catan. And I'm really, I'm really disappointed in myself that I can't. There you go, dear listeners. If you could think of any Catan or Ticket to Ride based meals or snacks that you think would work in, uh, let us know. And also maybe message uh, Asthma Day or Ulysses Press and go, how about that? Or in fact, any board game specifically related meal. We'd love to hear ideas for a good yeah, game night meal I mean, tie-in. I mean, obviously things like Kitchen Rush, that kind of doesn't count, I suppose. But I mean, Sushi Go I is mean, an easy one, right? Sushi, sushi goes an easy one. Uh, June is an easy one because you can stick cinnamon in a lot of things and go, it's spice. I remember there being a pizza card game. Yeah, thing. New York Pizza yeah, New or New York, York Slice. Or New York Slice, that's what it's called. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out is to just share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on your podcast app of choice, especially iTunes if you can. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is thegiantbrain.co.uk. You can email us about anything in the show at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. But the best way to get in touch with the staff, uh, myself and Jamie, and various others who have been in cast in the past, and just chat to our community is on our Discord. We'll put an invite link to that in the show notes and you're very welcome along and we have regular game nights and chats about the news and all sorts of other bits and pieces we'd love to see you along for now bye bye goodbye <laughs>